Welcome to the Act Protect Engage Academy podcast. Welcome, welcome, guys. Happy holidays. I hope you guys are having a great holiday season with your families. It's hump day, but don't worry. Christmas is around the corner. Don't you worry. All beats by Mr. Organic Dope. Thank you, brother. We love you over here at Ape Academy. One of my close friends from Philly growing up. He's a great up-and-coming producer. All right, what are we talking about today? You guys know? Talk about hard body armor. Remember last time we talked about soft body armor? Santa, Santa. For all you guys who asked Santa, <laughs> like I did, for body armor this Christmas, don't worry. Santa's listening, all right? He will listen to this podcast and it will help him make a decision on what type of body armor to get you. Level three, level three plus, level four. Maybe he listened to the last one. He wants to get you soft body armor. He thinks it's more practical. I hope so. All right, so today we're talking about hard body armor. We're going to talk about the levels of hard body armor, and we're going to go over three important things to consider before you buy, when you're looking to buy, and after you buy, okay? Because a lot of times people focus on just, you know, what do I want to put on it? Like after they buy it, and then they start thinking about it. Well, you should think about it before because there are a lot of factors that go into it. First things first, our podcast is sponsored by two great organizations. One, the USCCA, United States Concealed Carry Association, okay? The number one Second Amendment and concealed carry organization in the United States. Join today. Also, a great company, Bravo Concealment Holsters, at Bravo Concealment on IG, BravoConcealment.com. They offer, well, they sell the best tactical inside the waistband, outside the waistband, holsters, tactical mag pouches, tactical belts. Use our code APE10, A-P-E-10 at checkout to get 10% off. All right, housekeeping is out of the way. So first things first, we're going to talk about the levels of hard body armor. All right, we got three levels, level three, level three plus, and level four. Level three will stop 7.62 M80 and 308 calibers. Those are the big boys, all right? So basically, AK-47 rounds and AR-10 rounds, all right? So 308 are big old American hunt rounds, just like the 7.62, very similar in diameter, okay? Not a whole lot of difference between those two. Level 3 plus, it will stop 5.56 M855 green tips and 7.62 times 54R. All right, so 5.56 M855 green tips is what I was issued in Afghanistan. They're supposed to be quote-unquote armor-piercing. They're really not armor-piercing, but everyone calls them armor-piercing. They travel really fast, okay? Um, so level 3 plus is good to stop. Some of the fastest rounds, even mil spec rounds that are out there on the market. All right. Level four will stop 556, M855, and 30 30 30 06. That's what 30-06 looks like written down. 30-06 rounds. Big boy hunting round. Okay. It should kill a deer. Well, definitely it'll obliterate a deer. It'll kill a moose and it should kill a bear if you know how to shoot. Okay, so 30-06 is a serious round. 
I actually own a uh, Remington. I think it was a 770, something like that. It was really light hunting rifle, hunting rifle, hunting rifle. Uh, at a 10 power scope on it. Man, that mother effer kicked like a mule. All right, it's a big old round, very powerful. So level four will protect you from that. Okay, in theory. Remember, armor is not bulletproof. It's bullet resistance. All right. So what we're we gonna talk about? Remember, we're gonna talk about three main things, three main points to consider. Number one, and one of the things I think is the most undervalued and underrated aspect of buying hard body armor is weight. Weight matters. I will repeat that. Weight matters. Not the weight of you, not, not whether you're 600 pounds or 130 pounds. I'm talking about the weight of the body armor itself. Okay, let me read you a quick quote from a study that was conducted by the Center for a New American Security, okay? A 2007 Marine study revealed that an average load of 97 to 135 pounds was worn in combat. A 2017 study revealed an average Marine load of 90 to 159 pounds with an average of 117 pounds. Army loads average 96 to 140 pounds with an average weight of 119 pounds. Now, I am not comparing, well, actually I am. I don't wanna to put too much emphasis on the comparison between a combat zone loadout and our use as civilians, but I'm gonna tell you this, weight matters. So let me give you a story, right? My combat load on a regular mission, a basic from point A to point B convoy, let's say it was a convoy to pick up some supplies from one base and then bring it back to the FOB. My armor weighed 90 pounds, okay? Whoa, Chase, how is that possible? What does that include? My Kevlar, <laughs> my helmet, front plates, back plates, two side plates, 210 rounds, of 5.56 in seven magazines, right, of 30 rounds each, nods, a knife, a map, a compass, and map markers, all right? That was basic, basic stuff, all right? So, eight, well, it was what, 80, it was like 90, 80 to 90 pounds, depending. Okay, sometimes, you know, depending on where we went, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll take out, you know, one of the mags or whatever. You know, it's seven mags plus the one in your rifle, all right? So it was actually like 240 rounds that I'll be carrying, okay, in my M4, right? Uh, including the the uh, magazine in my M4, okay? Um, so, but I want to make it clear that weight matters and it will affect you a lot, more than you think. So when you buy a kit, when, you, when you're setting it up, a lot of it will go into, okay, do you want steel or ceramic, Steel is a little bit heavier. Now, when I was in, they had ceramic plates. I don't know what they have now. Maybe they upgraded to steel, but I didn't even know steel plates existed until I got out. So I think ceramic is lighter than steel. Um, ceramic isn't necessarily as hard as steel. Steel is, is more resistance to the elements, resistant to the elements. It also lasts longer, but it's also much heavier. Okay, and you gotta realize that. Um, our ceramic plates were designed to take 
you know, three, four, five, six, seven, six, two rounds before it started uh, breaking apart, before it failed. Okay. And, you know, I don't know all the specs because this podcast isn't about the technical aspects of body armor. We can talk about that later. It's just about, you know, general things to consider. Consider the weight. Okay. And what goes into that, not only is steel versus ceramic, is also if you want a front and a back plate and side plates. Me personally, I'm not getting a half ASS kit, right? I'm getting front plates, back plates, and side plates. That's what I wore in Afghanistan. That's what I'm wearing here. I'm not saying this is Afghanistan, but you want to protect yourself as much as possible. If you feel like you need kit, then you want to make sure you're protected to the you know, best of your ability, okay? Um, and the extent of that protection is going to go into kind of like your idea behind what you need it for. All right. And we're going to go into that in a second. So number, the point number one is weight matters. It's a big factor. Point number two is, is your kit practical? Make sure you streamline your kit. So that's kind of two in one. All right. So the first thing is weight matters. The second one is streamline your kit. And is it practical? What is the mission? So before you buy your, your body armor, okay? Think about this. What am I buying it for? What is the mission? What is my intent? What is the commander's intent for this, for this, for this purchase? Do I want to use it as like, kind of like a uh, worst case scenario, the world ends, the EMP hits and knocks all the power out on the, on the East Coast? Uh, the Russians invade, the Chinese do a uh, airborne drop in the middle of Kansas, the zombies start walking to earth because that's going to change the way you set up your kit and what type of stuff that you need for it. All right. We're not going to go into like what you need for a zombie apocalypse because that's ridiculous. Um, are you using it just for self-defense, right? At the home, like home defense, you might not need, you know, a compass and map markers and a, you know, a, a chest pouch to put like a an extra set of batteries in for your radio. You know what I mean? Like you might not need that, right? If it's just for, strictly for home defense. Is it something that you just want to throw in the back of your truck and just have just in case, God forbid, you get attacked by a gang of freaking wild coyotes and you need to throw on your kit and they all have guns and they're, for some reason the coyotes have guns and they start chasing you and shooting at you. Or if you live in like a real gang infested area, maybe you're a... Uh, you're a, a police officer, right? And you just have it on you. That's that's a big deal. Okay, so think about things like that. And everything, not everything, I say, yeah, everything with your kit should be kind of molded around what you want to use it for. What is your mission, all right? Mission dictates kit. Is it practical? Do you need nods if you live in Houston, Texas? Do you need nods if you live in New York City? Probably not, right? It's too lit up. There's too much light in these big cities for knives to be useful. But if you live in Kansas, if you live in the mountains of Colorado, if you live, you know, I've driven through large portions of Arkansas, large portions of Missouri, and there's nothing out there. So if you live in a farm out there in a small community, yeah, if someone cuts your light, someone's trying to rob you and they cut your power source, yeah, knives might be useful. Also, a flashlight could be useful. So you got to kind of balance, you know, does that make sense? Kind of balance things out, okay? You don't have to go all the way in. You don't have to jump all the way down the rabbit hole if you don't want. All right. So there's going to be some quick tips I want to add under the streamlining, uh, streamlining 
topic, okay? Front pouch is for magazines, right? Everything important should be in the front of your body. Now, think about in your mind's eye. So envision it. Just, just take a second, wherever you are, the shower, the car, sitting on your couch, at the dinner table, and just imagine like what your kit would look like, okay? So what would make sense, all right? So you really want to have a primary and a secondary weapon, okay? So you want your primary weapons magazines in front of you along the center line. You don't want to have to reach anywhere for your primary weapons extra magazines. They should be right in front of you. Remember when we talked about the tabletop and the workspace? I did all those videos about the tabletop and you know having everything set up in your workspace. That's what you want, all right? So whether it be an M4, an AK, a shotgun, whatever, all that stuff, all those extra magazines or ammunition should be in the front pouches, okay? Now, you don't need a full combat load like I talked about with, with 210 rounds, but you want enough magazines where it, it would even make sense to have kit, okay? You don't want one, ma I mean, that's ridiculous. Two magazines, all right, you, I would say you need at least three 30-round magazines. I mean, or else it's like you don't need kit, all right? But just make sure it's streamlined, okay? Not every piece of gear can be justified. I, I know you. everyone tries to justify everything. Like I said, go back and think about your mission, all right? Do you have enough room, okay, on your kit? Keep things simple. You should be able to reach crucial items quickly without fumbling and bumbling. Crucial items, i.e., your med kit, your IFAC, right? We're going to that in a second. Your like we just talked about, your primary weapons, magazines, maybe your flashlight. Keep that in a place, if it's a critical item, that you can actually get to under pressure. Because I'm telling you right now, all right, as someone who's done this, who's been a, a green soldier and who's even on combat and in training exercises, especially in training when your first sergeant is watching you and stuff. I'm telling you when, when you're, when that adrenaline is pumping and you need to run and go, you know, moving and you get up. Right. And you're, you had to reload. You want it right there. You don't want to have to like drag it out of your pouch on, you know, that's on your right hip and set it in front of you. You want everything to be right there to make it as easy and simple as possible. Remember, under stress, we go back to our lowest level of training, right? So you want to make things as simple and as easily accessible as possible. Have you ever heard when people talk about self-defense that, you know, in a fight, in a life or death fight or combat, even like UFC combat, it's really hard unless you're very, very well trained like those UFC guys are to remember the finest details during a scrap, you always go back to your instincts. You always go back to your gross motor movements and your instinct. So what you want to do is put all the most important things that you have right in your own face, right? Put it in your face. That's why, like, you don't go, like, your, your TV remote. You don't take your TV remote and, like, put it on top of your dresser, right? Like, like you know, put it, like, in your closet, right? You put it on your nightstand right in front of you because you use it a lot, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe some of you guys don't watch TV. But you, you get what I'm saying. I'm not going to go on a rant about that, all right? That was already a rant. Ugh. Let's see here. You should not sacrifice mobility vis or visibility to reach any one item. So if you have to reach across your body to get to your med kit and you 
and you can't get to your magazine or it impedes your movement, move your IFAC. All right, the IFAC stands for Individual First Aid Kit, okay, FYI. Okay, so this kind of goes along with streamlining. Streamlining, I cannot say that word. Center the most important things. The most important items, i.e. your medical kit and your primary weapons mags should be easily accessible. Keep the primary weapon mags centered in your workspace. Arrange them in a way so that when you pick them up, they are ready to load immediately. Make sure to keep the plate carrier balanced. Okay, so what I mean by that. When you're ready to reload, God forbid you even have to reload. When you grab your magazines, you don't want them upside down. You don't want them backwards. You don't want them sideways. When you grab them, when you have that beer can grip that we talk about on my Instagram page, and you grab that mag in that beer can grip, so just imagine you have a cold, ice cold Pepsi or an ice cold Miller Lite or whatever you drink. How you hold that can, that's a beer can grip. When you reach down and you know, pull your magazine out of his pouch, you should be able to insert it immediately, immediately, without fumbling and bumbling and turning it around into your gun. No excuses for that, okay? Be prepared. Piss poor preparation equals piss poor performance. No excuse, okay? Have good preparation. Another thing to consider is keep your shoulders bare. Do not put all this crazy stuff on your shoulders, like, you might have like a marine K-bar knife from like Guadalcanal that your grandfather gave you and you try to put it in your shoulder flap and you can't get your, your buttstock over your shoulder. You get caught on the door. You can't move. It keeps falling out. Don't put like a tent or like a parachute on your shoulder. Don't put like... <laughs> you Look, I know that sounds ridiculous, but you'll be surprised what people put on their kit. Like a machete, a tomahawk, all type of crazy stuff on your kit. Like be practical, okay? Be practical, please. There's no need to add anything that will slow you down or limit your upper body slash carbine's movement. You should be able to put the buttstock of your carbine, your shotgun, or your AK, whatever, on your shoulder with no interference. In tight spaces, you must have the ability to maneuver. You must. If you don't, you're going to get killed because you're too slow and you can't move. Okay? Last but not least on point number two, keep the pistol and the pistol mags separate from the carbine mags. Keep them on your belt line. What do you mean by that, Chase? If you have kit, I want you to have a primary and secondary weapon. Your secondary weapon should be something you're very comfortable with, just as comfortable or more comfortable than your primary weapon. All right, whether it be a Glock, an H&K, a Walther, it doesn't really matter. Ruger, make sure you're uh, proficient with it, okay? Make sure it's on your belt line. I don't want it strapped to your chest like those high speeds all that does is create confusion okay keep it in your workspace but out of your out of your way to prevent confusion and mix-ups don't mix your magazines on your kit keep the different weapons and your and their ammunition separate keep the secondary weapon easily accessible okay so you guys ever heard of tactical belts or battle belts when you have a chance after you listen to podcast look it up all right you can put you can even put your ifac your medical kit on there if you need to okay or your dump pouch whatever all right you can put your your handgun in the and this uh the spare magazines on your tactical belt 
It's basically a reinforced belt that can hold very, very heavy loads, okay? So you don't have to force everything and cram it onto your kit, all right? Wear it on your right hip or your left hip, depending on what, you know, what dominant side you have, and train with it. Transitions are always faster than reloading. So, for instance, in close quarters, CQB, bang, 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 slide lock. You have no more bullets left in your M4. It's easier to sling your weapon and transition to a pistol draw on your right hip if you're right-handed than it is to try to reload your carbine. So make sure, just like your primary mags, your handgun mags are set up correctly and that you have your pistol in a place that you can ass uh, easily assess it, access it, access it, hmm. something like that. You know what I mean. Make sure it's not like on your 6 o'clock and you can't reach it. It should be on your 9 o'clock or your 3 o'clock or on your, on whatever, on your thigh, somewhere easy. Okay? You got it? Get it, got it good. Last point, number three. So first, we have weight matters. Consider weight. Number two, streamline your kit. Set it up. Is it practical? And number three, have a training program. Remember, kit is heavy. All right? It's not like, you know, back in the day when first sergeant had a ruck march and you could put pillows in your ruck and make, make it look like you have stuff in it. You cannot do that, okay, with your kit because your life's on the line, right? So you, you, those plates are going to be heavy. So make sure you're training physically. If you don't do, if you don't have a training routine, and you don't have an exercise routine right now, tomorrow, okay, let's just say New Year's resolution, get in the gym. Because if you think that you can fight with kid on and you don't work out, you're you're tripping. Kid is heavy. Well, change. I mean, I'm, I just have kid. I just, I'm just gonna wear it in my house, like for home defense. I, I mean, I'm not gonna like. You don't need to be. David Goggins. Okay, well, what happens when you got to freaking run down the stairs or run up the stairs? Or you're fighting for your life in close range. Say they close the distance, and now you're in a hand-to-hand -hand fight with your kid on. You cannot fight if you cannot breathe. All right, so when I mean a training program, exercise and lift weights and have proper nutrition. Train with your kit because extra weight will sap the body's energy systems. Stress shoot with kit on, meaning maybe you're at a private range. You know, maybe if you have your own land, you can run around a mile or two and run up to the firing line with your kit on as your freaking heart rate is racing with an elevated heart rate because that's what your heart rate is going to be when you're scared and adrenaline is pumping. Your, your muscles are going to be all over the place. I guarantee you that. Ruck. Ruck march. All right. Hike. This will all build your back, shoulder, leg strength, and muscular endurance because depending on what you need it for, let's say you're, you're preparing for an end-of-the-world scenario, you're going to have to move with that. Like, like you're going to have to move maybe long distances over different terrain. So you have to train and be ready. All right? Do never, don't, and never skip leg day. Legs are important. They're half of your body, and they can really, they can really be a weak link if you do not work them out because they're the first to go. Do not neglect the lower back. In my experience, as a veteran of many, many ruck marches, uh, the lower back and the hip flexors are always the first to go for me, all right? So strengthen your lower back and strengthen your legs. Squats, leg presses, leg curls, reverse leg curls, calf raises, lower back extensions. 
do that. Deadlifts, all that. Pull-ups. Make sure you're big and strong. You don't have to be, okay, I'm not going to say big. Make sure you're strong. Make sure you're solid. Make sure you can carry your kit, your battle kit. I'm not talking about like no fake stuff you just bought off the internet that you didn't even set up yet. Your actual setup, make sure you can ruck with it. Make sure you can run with it. Make sure you can fight with it. Make sense? You're not going to do it, but I hope you do. <laughs> All right, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to cut it there. Oh, good, it's short. 25 minutes, very efficient. Please rate, review, and subscribe our podcast. Remember, check out old episodes. If you have any questions, you're free to uh, DM me on Instagram or Facebook. So Instagram is at apeacademy, A.P, and it'll pop right up, academy. Uh, On Facebook, it's Ape Defense Solutions, all right? We're on Twitter at ape underscore defensive. We are also on email, chasehholt at gmail.com. All right, please help us out. Any rating helps, any review helps. Even you listening helps. Thank you to all my international listeners. We love you guys. UK, Colombia, Turkey, France, Norway, Finland, Australia, United States, Canada, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Just imagine that I'm saying it in your native tongue to make it more charming. God bless y'all. Stay safe. Be positive. Put God and your family first. Train hard. Don't let anyone take anything away from you and tell you you can't do it. Happy holidays. We'll see you back here tomorrow. We're talking about George Washington and his Christmas Day river crossing. God bless you. Ape. Shout out to Mr. Organic Dope for the beats. God bless you guys. Ape out. I'm going to let it ride for a second.